Grace and mercy and peace be to you from God our Father, our Lord, and our risen Savior Jesus. Amen. Again, just to reiterate a couple of verses here from, uh, first of all, the very end of chapter 12 and then in chapter 13, where Paul writes, I will show you even now a still more exceedingly excellent way. Then verse uh, 8, where it simply says, love never fails, but I'm going to add the word, the love never fails, and I'll explain in a minute. And then in verse 13, faith, hope, love, abide, these three, the greatest of these. The greatest is the love. Bob Farrell, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I know I didn't until I did this research for this sermon, actually. Um, is in Portland, Oregon, and he had started up a restaurant business back in the 1960s. Now, his business, unfortunately, uh, closed up in 2019. But what Bob Farrell became well-known for was a particular motto that pertained to his customer service, a motto. The big deal for Bob Farrell in his restaurant business was in this motto. Give them the pickle. Simple motto, right? Give them a pickle. Now, let me explain why he had that as his particular big deal motto. One day, he received a letter from a disappointed customer. This customer explains in this letter that they had asked for an extra pickle. And the customer says that the waitress said, well, that'll be like an extra dollar. Customer says in this letter, I think that was a bit ridiculous. And Bob Farrell agreed. And so he went to his staff, and he basically said to his staff, from now on, if someone asks for an extra pickle, give them a pickle. Give them a pickle. That became the big deal motto for Bob Farrell. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, God has more than a motto. It really is pure miracle in terms of all that is given to us about God's agape love. The miracle is this. First of all, we're talking God's agape love. And that means this is the love that only God has. And only God exercises this particular gift. And only believers can live in that love. And it is a love that is all the time, no matter what, without qualifications, unconditional. It's that kind of love, completely unknown here on earth. That's the miracle of God's agape love, which again, that is all wrapped up in the modem, not the motto. God is more talking modem, and modem means movement or power or action. And again, that is summed up as we look here at that last part of chapter 12 where Paul says, I will show you a still more exceedingly excellent way. That more exceedingly excellent way is actually one Greek word to which we get our one English word, hyperbole. Now, what's a hyperbole? It's something that's super exaggerated. It's a big, big pickle deal, in other words. And what is? And that's what Paul gets into in chapter 13, 
where he says, for instance, in verse 8, and I'm going to add some words in here, because again, there is an article before the word love. It's not in any translations, which I'm very, I think that's very terrible, actually. There's an article that it should say, the love never fails, or the Jesus agape love for us sinners never fails, never stops. And in fact, there's five other times that you have the article the before the use of the word agape, but they're not in the English, but let me tell you, they're very much in, that, in the Greek, and that is to stress. We're talking about something that is the very big pickle deal for our God, and it gets back to this agape love. You go down again to verse 13, faith, hope, love, abide, these three. But what's the greatest? What's the big deal, if you will? The agape love. There's the article, again, which is not in any translation, but it is there in the Greek. The agape love, which is indeed totally unique. Now, when it comes to looking at Bob Farrell's motto, if you will, it is pure demand. You know, he says, it's an order, give. God's modem, if you will, is pure declaration, very different. It's not a command. It's not a demand. Pure declaration in your baptism where God declares. He doesn't demand. He declares. You're my beloved child. That word is agape in the Greek. You're my beloved agape child, and with you, I'm tickled pink. And that word applies to us going through a divorce. That word applies to us when we're without work. That word applies to us when we've been told we've got cancer. That word applies to us when we feel very depressed or afraid. You're my beloved child, and with you, I am well pleased. I think we also need to ask, if we're talking about the big deal pickle with God's agape love, is what does the world have as the big deal pickle? What, what are the big deals in the world? Well, I think we all know this, right? It's whatever is the biggest, the brightest, the best, the fastest. Those are usually the big pickles in the world. I mean, who makes the most money? Oh, our Lutheran school teachers, right? Yeah, right, no, the professional athletes, the CEOs, the movie stars, that obviously tells us what are the big pickles in our world. It's not from God's standpoint, the biggest, the brightest, and the best. God's big pickle, if you will, is the opposite. It's the worst that he makes a big deal about. Those that are last, those that are caught in the most dark places, darkest places, are those whom Jesus makes the big deal of his agape love. What about social media? And I was talking earlier to a couple about how I feel so very blessed with social media, uh, as I'm sure that you do too, because we have a son, as I mentioned last time that I was here, in China, in Shanghai, who teaches over there. He's been over there four years. We haven't seen him. COVID, thank you very much. And yet, we talk to him four, five, six times a week using social media. It's a huge blessing. And the other huge blessing with social media is, and by the way, this is why God gave us social media, is to spread the gospel. 
all of that technology is pure and simple to spread the gospel. That's a huge blessing. But there's something we got to be careful about with it. It can tend to own us. Think about this. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but Paul writes, I will not be mastered by anything. Not even by my cell phone. I'm not going to be mastered by it. Which made me think of my mom. Uh, Lord bless her, she's in heaven. Um, when she was about 93, she lived in the nursing home, and whenever the grandkids and we would come to visit my mom, this is what she would say as we walked in the door. Put those cell phones in the basket right there by the door. You are not holding those things while you talk to me. They go in the basket. Yeah, mom. Okay. So our cell phones went in the basket. Something to be said for that. You ever notice how many people are on cell phones in a restaurant? As opposed to talking with each other. And then there's all these statistics that talk about young people between the ages of 12 to 15 that spend as much as three and a half hours a day on social media and adults who spend something like two and a half hours. And I don't know how actually true those statistics are, but I think we can all agree we see ourselves on the cell phones quite a bit. And we would rather be on those, let's say, in the car as opposed to driving. Well, nonetheless, I think we've got to be very careful with what social media, you know, tells us. That, you know, you can say pretty much whatever you want, however you want, and there being no accountability for our use of words, which is extremely contrary to the use of God's agape love. The cry word in our society is what? The cry word in our society is... You're not going to tell me what to do. Think about that. You are not going to tell me what to do. You know what the cry word is of the agape love of God? It's a question. And the question is, what do you want me to do for you? Well, that's the complete opposite of saying, you're not going to tell me what to do. We make a big deal in our world about so many things. And think God gives us a very clear warning in Luke 16, verse 15. I think we need to hear these words. Jesus says, You are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is, get this, a big deal, highly esteemed among men, is absolutely an abomination. It is detestable in the sight of God. Now that should perk up our ears. We in the church especially need to be asking, what's the big deal in the church? Now, I'm really deeply touched by what I have seen as very much a big deal. Like, the giving out the hot dogs, that is so cool. I mean, that would give me something to very much rejoice in with you. Or the fact that you have the school that you do. You know, I'm a big, big fan. I'm a product of a Lutheran elementary education. That's a very, very wonderful big deal but we need to be asking what are the other big deals that maybe grab our attention that shouldn't be that's where jesus says we strain gnats 
in church's ministry, and we swallow camels. And what does that mean? We make a big deal about the gnats, the little things, the things that really don't matter, and we swallow the camels. We tend to totally ignore what are the really big things, the important things, such as loving each other, forgiving, such as being a witness in our everyday life. When Jesus' agape love for our others is a big tickle, that's when we have all our antennae up on full alert. We're going to be sensitive to people, very, very sensitive to people. Our granddaughter Lydia, six years old, when we walk our dog and she's with us, she stops at every teeny tiny flower. You don't walk by a flower. You stop, you talk to it, you touch it, you do everything you can to connect with that teeny tiny flower. And that makes me think of what God says to you and me, how much we need to be in touch with each other in a very detailed way and to recognize each other and to see each other. And not to walk past each other here like we're customers at Walmart, but you're my brothers, you're my sisters, and we're going to be in heaven together. And what joy it is. I, I love this 1 Corinthians 16, verse 20, where it says, we need to greet one another with a holy kiss. Ooh. Not German stuff. That's more Italians. Okay, at least the Italians that I know, yeah, big on that. Okay? But there still is something to be said for that kind of greeting. When Jesus' agape love for others is our big pickle, then understand we are created to be patient. We don't have to muster up some kind of patience within us. We don't have to muster up to be kind or so that we're not rude. These are all gifts that are given to us in our baptism, that are given to us through the power of God's agape love. Now, what about the people that have deeply wounded us and scarred us? Are we to love and to forgive everyone? Well, I love this little interchange between Lucy and Linus in the Charlie Brown cartoon. Um, this is delightful. Lucy's talking with her little brother. Lucy says, you a doctor? Huh, that's a laugh. You could never be a doctor. You know why? You don't love mankind. To which Linus replies, taking a very firm stance and yelling back, I love mankind. It's people I can't stand. And there's something to be said for we all fall into that trap. And God says very clearly, we are not to judge anyone. Never. In any way or fashion. What does God's agape love say to those who have deeply scarred us? Well, I think we find a great example of what God's agape love can do and what happened in 2006 in an Amish community. Remember in 2006, five girls in an Amish school were murdered by this man who walked in with a gun. Five girls. And, but here's the agape love. There was a funeral. This man had killed himself who had murdered these five girls. He killed himself. And there was a funeral for him that the mother had. He, he was not married. He just had his mother. All of the Amish community went to his funeral. That's God's agape love. And the mom and dad who lost two daughters to his murderous act, that couple went up specifically to the mother to express 
their forgiveness. I don't know if I could do that. They did that. But I believe that is the power of God's agape love. And of course, you talk about being in a real pickle. What about God becoming man out of his love for you and for me? Jesus born in that manger. That's a real pickle. And then to throw in there that Jesus would go to the cross and put himself into being in the real pickle of under God's judgment for all of the broken relationships in our life that we have committed and yet that Jesus suffered for us. The eternal judgment for our sin fell on Jesus. But that's because God so loves this world that he gave the one big deal, namely Jesus, so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So who will separate us from the love of God? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Finally this. There is a play from the 1950s, actually, that my wife and I had seen, called Raisin in the Sun. It's about a family, a mother, a daughter, and a son, and they are living in the ghetto in Chicago in utter poverty, and they inherit a whole bunch of money. Well, the son goes out and gambles all the money away. Now, the sister, when the son comes home to tell them this, the sister just lays into her brother in the harshest, cruelest way, judging him and putting him down with everything that she could possibly say with her words for his losing this money. And this is where the mother chimes in and says some rather endearing words that I wrote down from that play. The mother said this to the daughter, child, child, when do you think is the time to love somebody the most? It's a good question. When they done good and made things easy for everybody? Well, you ain't through learning, for that ain't the time at all. You love him when he's at his lowest and can't believe in himself, for the world done whipped him so. I love that. You love him when he's at his lowest and can't believe in himself, for the world has done whipped him so. When we are the least lovable, Jesus indeed loves us all the time, no matter what, without qualification. That's the big deal with our God forever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your loving us all the time, no matter what without qualification, we confess we ain't so good at loving all of the people in our life the way that certainly you want us to. We confess we prefer to judge people rather than put the best construction on everything. We confess, Lord, that we don't love you as we should with all our heart, soul, and mind. Jesus, help us to really see each other with your agape love. Give us the faith to stop to talk with each other. Jesus caused that miracle of agape love to blossom in our everyday life so that others will be drawn to that big pickle of your agape love. For we pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people prayed, amen.